Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Right Time, presented by Wave Sports and Entertainment, also presented by Prize Picks. My name is Bomani Jones. Thanks for listening wherever you get your podcast. Thanks for watching us on YouTube. Rate us, review us, give us five stars. You only give us four stars. I'm inclined to believe you are a hater. Also, subscribe, like. All those things help us out a great deal. Now, it's that time of week. We got a guest joining us, bringing a new friend into the fall. Check him out at Enjoy B-Ball on Twitter. That's where you check out his brand. His ne- also, check him at Twitter at KOT4Q. His name is Kenny Beecham. Kenny, what's going on, man? What's good? What's good? Thank you for having me. Dude, man, I appreciate having you on. And I'm going to tell people why we're having Kenny on. We're going to talk a lot about the NBA while we got him is, you know, we're, we're new to this thing here with the YouTubes, trying to make it happen. And I've seen you with Stephen A. seen you in a few places, but I didn't really know what was going on. And so I checked you out. And the first thing I saw was that you're really emphasizing the idea of enjoying basketball. And that's kind of a thing that's really been hitting me a lot, really, is about how much we do with sports and basketball in particular, like, How much of a good time are we actually having here? Like, I love the idea that you are really prioritizing, enjoying watching this as opposed to us just arguing about it all the time. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of fans are in it for the for the drama a lot of the times and not just the beauty of the game. Um, I've always been a guy that appreciated the the smallest things about basketball, and I kind of want to get more people into that. And, you know, we got a lot of people that feel the same way. So it turned out as a message, turned into a brand and now into network. It's, it's a lot of different things. Well, one thing I was thinking about with that, and I'm curious your thoughts about this, because, you know, we got a little bit of an age gap between us here. But you are at the age where a lot of this kind of argumentative content is like what you know. Like, I don't even know how much of a recollection you have of a time before it happened. And I had never really thought about it until I was looking at what you had going at the idea that at some point, like people your age may actually kind of push back on some of this. Like, I don't think everything is as argumentative as it's been made out to be. But I do agree, though, that social media works on the argumentative kick. And at some point, somebody was going to have to push back on it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I did grow up um, watching the shows that, that you were referring to and, and seeing the, the way things are ran. And I enjoy those things. Like, I think there's a place for those. But I don't think everybody is the target demo. And I'm just not that anymore. When I was growing up, turning on those shows was beautiful. But now I think that we can create our own lanes and have different pockets of fandom. And I'm just trying to steer more people, not necessarily away from argumentative content, but appreciating a little bit more the the basketball aspect of all. Yeah, because I mean little argument fun every now and then. Like, I don't want to pretend yeah, like sure, I'm above sure. it. I don't know about you. I'm just beating you right now. Maybe you two yeah. here for it. I'm not. <laughs> no, no. I still, you know, I still have those conversations with my guys. But it's it's never rooted in evil. It's never rooted in I have to be right about this take. You know, I feel like that's a big thing that happens in a world where we're hate watching Kevin Durant to prove that he's not clutch. Mm-hmm. You know, th- things like that, because I said he wasn't clutch four months ago. And I'm just trying to get away from that. It's right. OK to have a, a different opinion than someone and talk about those different opinions. But as far as dying on the heel, especially with something like the NBA, where things change like this, it's just not the way we want to do things. Yeah, I got to be honest. I hadn't really thought about it. But, you know, looking at you now and thinking about some of your brethren, maybe y'all don't like feel the need to argue about sports so much because y'all boys don't be going to the barbershop no more. Maybe that is what is changing here, that as you boys just let this hair go all these crazy directions and shit, that yeah, y'all yeah. ain't never going to have no need to argue about nothing. They don't argue at the braid spot. Or when little mama come to the crib facts, and give you facts. a discount, you ain't got nothing to fight about. Facts. That's funny because my pops used to own a bunch of different uh, barbershops back in the day. And I think that's where a lot of my love for sports comes from. Uh, but yeah, nowadays, I 
she comes to the crib. She comes to the crib, get the hair done, and that's pretty much it. She even lined it up herself. <laughs> I ain't been to a barbershop in a long time. <laughs> it was funny though. I grew up in a barbershop kind of too, because I said well, I would just go after school. The bus let me off at the barbershop, sweep the floor, make a buck, get a snack, sit down, just kind of post <laughs> up because you can hang out with the old. That's the that's the one time you got to hang out with the old heads and they couldn't be bothered to censor your censor themselves just because you was around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's kind of crazy because I do remember even younger LeBron conversations with MJ and being here in Chicago, it was always the one guy that was fully LeBron. And then everybody else in the shop is, is on his butt about uh, MJ and stuff. So I'm do, I do miss it quite a bit, but then again, I don't because this is the world we work in now. So when people find out that this is what I do, that's all they want to do. When in reality, oh, I'm not you're thinking ready. Oh, you've gotten to that point. You, you've gotten yeah. there where all of us yeah. get to. And you're like, nah, I don't want to <laughs> go to no sports bar to watch the game. I don't want to go. No, like, like, no, I, like you, are, you are now like they put a quarter in you and then you're supposed to dance. Yeah, yeah. And what do you what do you think about curry versus magic? I'm like, bro, I'm just trying to pick up some food, bro. I'm just trying to pick up some food. <laughs> no, nah, but you get it though, right? Because for them, that's it's an occasion now, right? Like this is, mm -hmm. and I get it. Every time somebody does that, I realize that every time I go in somewhere, I am me. But every time I go in there, that dude ain't there. And he's not necessarily mm -hmm. betting on what well, the next time Kenny come get his food. Maybe I'll talk to him about it then. No, 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 no. They coming yeah. right at it, dog. Yeah. And I, you know, I don't never, I never really blame him for it because exactly what you're saying, exactly what you're saying. This is something that we do a hundred percent of the time. That's pretty much all they know us for. So they don't really recognize that basketball slash sports is not 24 seven in our houses, in our, in our minds and stuff. No, just start telling them anything. That's when that's that's the thing that's gonna start coming up. Like you just say, say, what do you think about Curry and Magic? Oh yeah, Seth, I don't think he is good. And then just keep it moving, right? Like like you, should, right, you, you yeah. can start entertaining yourself in the process on this. Spring is the best time to add new challenges to your training, just in time for summer and warmer days. I've been in the gym a little bit trying to get my fitness in check so I can break these skinny allegations I keep getting. Spring is the best time of the year to take a new look at your fitness routine, dial it up a notch, and continue powering off. Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row, or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has something for you. Peloton's varying class lengths were designed with your training plan in mind. Personalize your workout. Whether you'd like to add a 10-minute course session at the end of your strength class or take a 60-minute power zone ride to increase your endurance. Peloton classes are designed to help focus on your needs and goals while challenging yourself at every level. Now you can catch up on your favorite NBA games with NBA League Pass while you push yourself to new levels of fitness. Watch your favorite games and win your workouts with NBA League Pass on Peloton and visit OnePeloton.com. Peloton all-access membership and NBA League Pass subscription required. Now, speaking of entertaining, I don't know this about you, but like, do you find fights in basketball games to be entertaining? Because I'm going to tell you right now, I do a lot. Yeah, Love yeah, no, I, I feel that. I feel that. It, it is fun. I like that it never really escalates more than a stranglehold for 13 seconds or so. But when it happens, it's it's electric. It's electric. I got to say this. You say, does it escalate over a stranglehold for 13 seconds? <laughs> Which I am sure the Rudy Gobert thought was 13 seconds of escamotherfucking-lation. Like, like yeah. in, in the 13 seconds of that, where Rudy Gobert, if you did not see this, Draymond Green, like, was it, Jaden McDaniels got into it with Klay Thompson, yep. and Jaden McDaniels ripped Klay Thompson's shirt? 
Like, 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 Clay Thompson was out here looking like he was about to do the Hulkamania because his thing was like, like, down, it made it into a V neck. And then Draymond Green, for reasons I don't quite understand, got Rudy Gobert into that chokehold, right? Like the underneath yep. from behind and started pulling him. And Rudy Gobert honestly is like, I'm kind of confused as to what's going on here. <laughs> I have no idea what's going on. And I'm like, I forget. There's a, I talk about this a lot. There's a generation of fan that ain't never seen their favorite players fight. Right. And I don't even mm -hmm. feel like that that counted as a fight. But you tell me if I'm tripping here, because I realize that people think I have a personal issue with a certain player. I don't think I do. But I just want to ask you right fast. Shouldn't we have learned right then and there if Carl Towns could fight? Because I feel like Carl Towns was just <laughs> watching his man get get choked out. And just he didn't have any tools. The Ant-Man didn't cover himself in glory neither, just to be clear. Yep. He seems to be back there unsure of what to do. But Carl, you right there. He's, he's right there. Ant and Draymond were yapping last game. So that was a perfect opportunity to kind of turn it into something. But we saw... Carl Anthony Towns tap out against Ben Simmons a few years ago. I think we after this we one, did. we kind of understand who's about the action and who's not. And Cash just <laughs> not that guy, which is fine. He's one, he's one hell of a three-point shooter, but he just don't get him no gloves. That's all we know. See, see, this is where you and I disagree. Because you say that's not who he is and that's fine, and it is not. It is not. <laughs> I cannot resign myself to a man that size being like, cool, I'm just be over here shooting threes. I just, I'll, I'll give him this though. He didn't take it off of Embiid that time. Like, Ben Simmons made him tap out, but he had decided something. There's a lot of cats, and I think we all there. You let a whole lot slide, but not off, not off that one. Not off that yeah. guy. Joel had been trolling. You know, Joel don't troll him with the memes no more. He don't do that after Carl had to come back and fight him. I just wish somebody came to the defense of Rudy because it, it, it was hell for 13 <laughs> seconds, and nobody was really there. I mean, he was trying to back up his boy, and nobody backed him up, and the whole Warriors team was there for Draymond. So it's like, I don't know how you look at your teammates the same way. No, and there's no dignified way to push somebody back when they got you with a chokehold. Like, there's no way to deal with that wild looking like any sort of warrior. Yeah, no, it's, it's impossible. Well, we know that the Draymond and Rudy Gobert beef has been you know, a thing for like five years now since Rudy Gobert missed the All-Star game and he cried and Draymond talked about it and Draymond always throwing shots at him for his three DPO wise because he's not really like that. So this was just an opportunity for Draymond to take out that pent-up aggression against Rudy Gobert. And yes. I, I kind of yes. admire that he went for it, honestly. You know, you don't get a lot of opportunities <laughs> like this where you can have your entire, like the entire Warriors fan base is telling the world that Draymond did no wrong. And I mean, that's the thing with Draymond, I guess, in Warriors fandom, that he he could never do wrong in their eyes. This man, Rudy, has fear. Carl Anthony Towns is not doing anything. It's it's the worst. No, Draymond's their new Barry Bonds, where like it don't matter what none of y'all think about him. He is ours. Now, I'm not saying that Draymond is the Barry Bonds of basketball. Like, I'm not, like let's not get that twisted. Far but from he, it, far they, from. he is their guy. Like, we don't care how nobody else feels about him. And poor Rudy. Rudy had to beef with the Minnesota Timberwolves last year. Like, he just <laughs> he, he just seems to be a dude that walk into every room and he's like, I always got to ask if it's okay for me to sit down. Yeah, and they'll let yeah. him sit. But it ain't never like, oh, yeah, Rudy, that's my spot right there. No, no, no. It's not that. It's not that. But they balling this year. Like, what have you thought about watching Minnesota this year on the floor? 
I loved it. I loved it. I was a big skeptic of the Rudy Gobert trade when it happened, obviously giving up all of those draft capitals to young players, especially since last year specifically, Walker Kessler, who was a part of that trade, just looked better than Rudy Gobert. It's just like, oh, we gave up four first round picks and a guy that just looks better. But now we're seeing a rejuvenated version of himself. I've always been a big Rudy Gobert backer. I think that rim protection is the most important part of defense. So when him being the best rim protector in ball for the better half of a decade at this point, I was happy to see that this year he's back to the DPOY version of himself. And uh, Car Anthony Towns is looking good over the last four or five, but it's really the man up front, Anthony Edwards, just being, I don't even know what to call him. He's just balling on a whole nother <laughs> level. He's got the utmost amount of confidence and he already had a ton of confidence before then and now it's a whole new level. So they're hooping uh, one of the longest win streaks in ball. And I, I, be I believe in them quite a bit, especially now that Cat is starting to hit those shots again. You know, and they got those two wins against the Warriors. And the thing with me with Anthony Edwards was there's something, it's a switch that guys hit. And I feel like like the older I get, the, the more I recognize the importance of this, though, where he just realized, and I think it was coming off of Team USA, oh, I am better than all these dudes. My fault, right? Like, I just got here. I've been trying to feel my way out, see what I can do. And now it's like, no, I'm supposed to be that dude. So when Draymond come out there talking crazy to him the other night, he busts Draymond. It's just like, okay, cool. This is where we are. And it's important, man, because the United States of America is producing a lot of basketball players, but the super high level, we ain't really done that. And with John Morant and his odyssey, it was like, well, who's the next one? Anthony Edwards, I feel like, gives you all the stuff you want out of John Morant with none of that other stuff that go run John Morant out the league. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's one marketable dude with the personality that he has. Um, don't matter if you're asking him about football, baseball, swimming, lacrosse. He's the best in the world at all of those things. And that's the type of confidence that he shows in the court. Too. You know what that means. You know, you know what, what that means. Mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you need a guy like that because without him, things were looking very dark in Minnesota for the for pretty much the entirety of the franchise history. You, you look at the one year of uh, Kevin Garnett, but other than that, it was just – bad decision after bad decision. I remember when he was supposed to get drafted, it was really a decision between him, James Wiseman, and LaMelo Ball, and we can objectively say that they made the right decision now. Like, it's not even close. Dude, the James Wiseman thing is still blowing my mind. Like, like yeah. just nothing has gone the way it's supposed to. And like, have you been in a room with Wiseman? <laughs> no. <laughs> Let me tell you, he looks like the number two pick in the draft. Like, if you see him, and like I saw him at Summer League just walking through the tunnel, and it was like, oh, yeah, we will see how long it takes for this to come together. Like, he's just one of those dudes that physically, when you look at him, you're like, yeah, we're going we, we gonna to see what it takes. Like, like we, we're going yeah. to roll the dice on this. He's racking up DNP CDs in Detroit. Yeah, on a 2-9 team. It's, it's, it's tough. But, you know, I think I saw a stat the other day that they're like, I don't know, 4-30 and 30 since they traded for James Wiseman. Not, obviously, he's not the problem, but it's just <laughs> it's really tough for a guy not to get PT as a former number two overall pick on a team that's maybe not actively trying to be bad, but a team that is bad. Yeah, yeah. No, and, and I mean, I feel bad for him because the way it played out with him in college, like it seems – Nothing for him has gone the way that it was supposed to go. Like, like everything has just seemed to be a bad break. And he seemed to be like a really nice young man, you know, sheltered to a degree, but a very, very nice young man. And it ain't happening. Like when they showed his house during the draft, because remember that was the Kobe draft, they had to go in everybody's house. I was like, oh man, they pray a lot. 
Like you could just look around <laughs> and you could tell, like, oh man, they 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 go to church every Sunday at that house. Yeah. What is your opinion on a player like him? Does he get three different teams to give it a shot? Or after Detroit, is that a wrap? Oh no, no, no. Here's the thing, man. He's seven feet tall. He might get a chance <laughs> to play for every team in the NBA. Like, like he's not going to get more chances to be like a we're going to build around you because Detroit wasn't even going for that one. But right. if there's a dude that tall and that athletic around, somebody's going to give it a run. I honestly wonder, looking at somebody like him, like would he be well served going to Europe? And I mean that not to like go to Europe forever, but to go somewhere where you can get some confidence back. Or like if he had like a long G League run, like just a reminder mm-hmm. that you were that dude. Because if you saw the high school clips of him, it was there. Like, like it's not yeah. we're not dealing with a dude where he's just like, I have no idea why anybody did this. But no, they'll, they'll give a dude that long. Like I go back in my mind and think about all the big dudes. Like as much as people talk about Sam Bowie, Sam Bowie got like 10, 12 years in the NBA. Yeah, yeah. And even guys hold like on, hold on, hold on, got like six years. They put on the screen. Uh-huh. Hold on, they put on the screen. Will James Wiseman <laughs> live up to the double one, number two pick? Fellas, that's over. No, he will not. Yeah. I understand. For sometimes sale. we just got to come up with something to put on the bottom of the screen. The question that we need to be asking there is: Will James Wiseman be playing in the NBA next year? And I'll be honest, I think so. We don't know. <laughs> they're trying oh, to man. fix it in yeah, real time this is great <laughs> there we go boom that's, that's it right there just just messing with y'all just messing with y'all that's all that is man uh where are you on uh did you watch the skinny bowl last night with chet and big vic did you get a chance to watch any of that i got through the first quarter and then, I mean, even TNT decided this ain't it in the fourth quarter and decided to show games <laughs> of other other games. It's like I, it was hyped up. And I, I, I hate when things like this happen where the it's hyped up so, so much. There was no way it was going to live up to expectation. Every single notification I got from all of the publications was like Chet versus Wimby, first battle of their career. I'm like, there's no way both of them are going to have a great game. There's no way that this is going to be a close one. And it, it just wasn't. It, it was a rough one for sure. I mean, their preseason game was pretty cool, but lightning, lightning doesn't strike the same place twice. So I didn't really expect much of it. I shift over to some of the other games for the night. All right, I'm going to do a little lightweight flex here. Lightweight. So... My guy, Dominique Fosworth, is in town. He does get up. And so we were supposed to get up for dinner last night, him and my man, Charlie Kravitz. And we were going to get up for dinner last night. And I had made the reservation for 6.15, specifically so I could get back to the crib to watch the Skinny Bowl, right? Like, that was my plan. And then I'm about to leave the crib at 5.45. Dominique calls me and he says... I got a reservation at Carbone for 715. I don't know if you know about Carbone. Carbone, a big deal up here, right? Like, this one of those, he had to send in an email and get through to some people. Like, it's a thing. Okay, okay. Carbone, you get a Carbone table, you kind of got to go, but it's at 730. And I'm like, all right, I'll just catch the second half of the skinny bowl. Fine. (laughs) We get to Carbone. We there. We grubbing, man. I looked down at the app. I was like, man, we could have stayed at Carbone all night long, baby. Ain't nothing nothing to happen. And the reason that this is happening, and this is something that I don't think that people have really noticed, the Spurs are terrible. Like, I think that Victor has been about as good as one could expect for all those reasons. But they had, going into that game, like a minus 11 point differential which is four points per game worse than any other team in the NBA. And for those of you who don't understand, 
That's huge. Huge, <laughs> I tell you. They are by far, they've won three games. I don't know how, but I did not grasp how terrible they still were. And when Wimbanyama, I looked at the numbers. I want to say the net rating with him on the floor is something like four points per 100 possessions in the negative. But without him, it's close to 20 in the negative. Yeah. What are they like? Like, I know you love basketball, but have you been watching them the last three years? So, I, I mean, I have not. So maybe you could put us up on game. I can't count on one hand how many Spurs games I watched last year. One of them, they brought in Tiago Splitter to be a part of the announcing crew. So that was fun. But that was that was it, you know. So, but I, I've shifted this year, obviously, because Wimby's there. So I got to tune in. I, I've I've watched majority of their games. They're obviously experimenting a ton with Jeremy Sohan being their starting point guard. Is that is that a Cisco? Yes, yes, it is. Yes, it is. Okay. That is a modern version of Dennis Rodman. Just the looks, though. Not not the game. Just Yo, the looks. I couldn't believe they gave him number ten. I thought that Pop would <laughs> lose his mind given how it went when he had Dennis Rodman out there. But go ahead. Yeah. I'm sorry. But that's how much Pop believes in him, that he's starting him at the point guard position where he doesn't really have point guard like make playmaking ability and things like that. So when they bring in a guy like Trey Jones off the bench, the team looks a lot better. Like if you look at the Wimby Trey Jones minutes together, it's actually a positive. But they're not necessarily thinking of Trey Jones as a building block. And they're thinking of Jeremy as one because he has like a lot of flashes of how good of a defender he can be. And he can guard basically one through five. So it's like, we want to invest in him. Even if that means his first year Wimby is terrible and we don't give him the reps because we have to invest in our last year's lottery pick along with this year's lottery pick. I don't know how long until they like, you know what? He's not a point guard, but they're, they're going to keep it running. And, and nobody should really be questioning pop at this point. So I'm gonna let him do him. I tell you this, though, I see a couple of Ricky Davises out there. And for those who don't remember, <laughs> when LeBron came in the NBA, Ricky Davis was on the Cavs. And Ricky Davis said he thought they brought LeBron in to give him some help. Like, he just didn't yeah, seem to understand yeah. what the situation was. I was watching those first couple of Spurs games, and I was looking at, I think it was Johnson. And I was like, hey, 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 ain't nobody come to see you, Otis. This is not, <laughs> you, 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 you are not the attraction. But he's like, man, I've been over here toiling in obscurity for how long? Y'all gonna see me get these shots off. Facts, facts. And, and Kelda's got a good game, but I think a lot of the times when things are not going is they give him the ball when 10 seconds ago and say, make something happen. And a lot of right. the times he can't make something happen. And that's how you get to <laughs> losing games. All right. I want to ask you right quick before we uh, go to make some money right quick. You are in Chicago. You are a Bulls fan. They talk about trading Zach Levine. The Bulls are one of those teams where I can't figure out if they're trying to be good or trying to be bad. Like, I feel like they have too many good players to say they're trying to be bad, but I don't know if they should go up or down. Like, which, which way are you on this? Their intention is to be good. But everybody that's watched the team or covered the sport knows that that's not Likely. So us Bulls fans here in Chicago, we've been calling for some type of change because DeMar DeRozan, Nikola Vucevic, Zach Levine as a big three has a negative net rating. I don't know any big three <laughs> with a negative net rating. A team that has Zach Levine, who we look at as all offense, DeMar DeRozan, who we look at as all offense, and Vucevic, who we look at as all offense, they have the 23rd ranked offense in basketball. It makes no sense. And it has been this way since the Lonzo Ball injury in, in January a couple of years ago. So we have a year and a half sample size to say this team is not it. And finally, it looks like they're going to make some adjustments from the, the articles I've read. It doesn't look like a teardown. It feels like a retooling around a Zach Levine trade. Either way, based on the track record of this front office, I think we're going to get finessed and we're all just going to be sad again. <laughs> all I know is them boys had a players only meeting after one game. One game. One game. Well, you got to go to that club in your bag after one game. Billy, everybody needs to be shook, especially if you Billy Donovan. Like, damn, they have already given up on you having the answers. 
after one game. And, it, and Billy tried to spin it as a positive. And I'm like, no, we all <laughs> watch this sport. We we know that this is not good. This is not good. And they every game that they have won has been like a two-possession win. They have not got a 10-point win. And that's like you're an, ex an exclusive club to not have a blowout win on the season. And they've been blown out a ton. The writing has been on the wall for a long time. The front office has is trying to make it seem like the first trade that they did as a front office isn't that bad. Where they gave up Wendell Carter, uh, the, the pick that turned into Franz Wagner, the pick that turned into Jet Howard for Vucevic. So now they're just trying to say like, oh, we're just going to retool. We're going to tear down this little wall here to build up another one just for it to probably be bad again. All right. Look, coming up next, we're going to talk about what the hell going on with the Clippers. Maybe, maybe Kenny got the answers. I do not. <laughs> Prize picks is the most fun you can have by winning up to 25 times your money this football season. And now you can play during basketball season too. You just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projected stats, and place your entry. And with the NBA back, you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from the Specials League. A league created specifically for combo projections that include two or more players from different sports or leagues. Prize Picks is really simple to play. You can make our picks and submit your entry in less than 60 seconds. And if you stick around for the end of the show, you'll get to hear some picks from producer Sean that can either help you win or make you fail miserably. So make sure you go to prizepicks.com slash Bomani and use code Bomani for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash Bomani. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Today's video is sponsored by SeatGeek. If you're like me and love seeing your favorite artists in concert, you gotta use SeatGeek. With over 28 million downloads, SeatGeek is the number one rated ticketing app. There are more than 70,000 events every single day on SeatGeek, including concerts, sports, festivals, and more. With the NFL and NBA seasons in full swing, SeatGeek has your tickets to every game. Being a New Yorker, I have the opportunity to watch the Knicks at MSG or the Nets at Barclays Center. Every ticket is backed by their buyer guarantee, and SeatGeek is the only site that lets you return your tickets ahead of the event with swaps. And you know I came through for you, so you use my code BOMANI for $20 off tickets at SeatGeek. That's $20 off your first purchase with promo code BOMANI. Make sure you click the link in the description to download the app. All right, welcome back to The Right Time. We are on with Kenny Beecham. Kenny, I don't know where you are on James Harden because like, you seem to be a very, very nice person and nobody seems to be nice about James Harden at all. Like, You got anything nice to say about James Harden at this point? I still think he's a supreme playmaker. I think everything else around that, <laughs> maybe not so much. But you're right, I am I'm normally looking at things uh, glass half half full with basketball specifically. So we talk about the Clippers and their losing streak and all. There are some cool things going on, even, even though they can't close out a game. <laughs> so my thing with Harden right now, and they haven't won a game since he got there. And again, it's so easy just to come down on him. But right now it feels to me very similar to when Kyrie got to the Mavericks and everything that went wrong with the Mavericks was somehow Kyrie's fault. Games they was losing, he wasn't even playing and everything else. Yeah. Like, they got some things to figure out. Like, this is an interesting mix of players. Like, even if you go back to, say, the 2010-2011 Heat, the first year of Wade, Bosh, and LeBron, 
you had to figure out how all those things go together. And they try to start Russell Westbrook, James Harden, Paul George, and Kawhi Leonard at the same time. And that's that's hard, right? Like, they're going to need to yeah. figure this out. I'm just trying to figure out which one of them it is that you go tell to sit down. Because it's either Russ or it's James Harden. And I don't want to have to be the one to have that conversation with either one of them. Yeah, yeah. I think that everybody sees that that's the writing on the wall, that they can't all four start together. Even the the numbers say it, right? In the 200 minutes they've played together, it's significantly worse than when they split them up. I think Tyron Lue, every game has done different pairings. Like last game, it was James and Kawhi on the court together. Then it was PG and Russell Westbrook on the court together. But ultimately, when you bring them all together, things just don't work. And even the last two games, whether it be against the Grizzlies or or last night versus the Nuggets, the odd man out when it mattered the most was Russell Westbrook being on the bench while Terrence Mann was in the game and they went ultra small. But one of those dudes has to do it. I think most people probably look at Russell Westbrook as the odd man out, considering how much draft capital and all the stuff you gave up for the other three. But I also do really like the minutes where I see James Harden running with the second unit. So again, I'm, I'm not Talu. I'm sure he'll probably experiment a little bit. But I couldn't imagine telling James after all that he's he's tried to do to get out of certain situations that he's going to be the guy <laughs> that's going back to the six man. But you also got to somehow go tell Russ, who I think is very important for the people stuff with that team, right? Mm -hmm. Like somebody's got to be in charge. Somebody's got to give you that energy, all of those things. How you go tell him that he got to go sit down after how it went in the playoffs last year. And he was very important for them. And just generally what Russell Westbrook has demonstrated to us, he ain't really trying to live that life, right? Like, how do you do this? And let us keep in mind. And I don't know how this part's been lost. The last time Russ and James played together, they were able to stay friends. But Russ was like, dude, I'm out. Like, I don't, I, yeah. he my man, but I don't want to play with him anymore. Like, I, Ty Lue, who, by the way, gets stressed out by his jobs. We've seen this happen a few times. Them jobs be stressful. And this would seem to be most stressful than any of them stressful job situations that he has ever had to deal with. And I don't know, like, it feels like on paper, they should be one of the two best teams in the West. But I have no mm -hmm. idea how they figure out how to put this together. Yeah, no, and it doesn't help that they're also missing like Mason Plumlee, so they don't have a real backup center. Zubach, I've watched a lot of Clippers over the last four years, right, since we've had Kawhi Leonard and Paul George on the same team. I've always looked at Zubach as an asset, as a good player. Now that he has a pick and roll player, his he has some of the worst hands in basketball. James is zipping <laughs> him the ball. It is going straight through his hands, through his legs and everything. And I'm like, man, this was something that I would never recognize if they didn't get a real point guard. You know, so it, it's not just it's not just James. Right. It's not just James. He plays a big part of it, but he's not it's not just James, because <laughs> the, the one thing that Russell Westbrook brings that that makes him worthy of starting is that he is one of the few players in that starting lineup that's willing to dive on the floor for a ball. Yesterday, we saw Kawhi Leonard get dirty. I'm like, OK, here we go. James was not going to do that. But also Terrence Mann, who might start for him, would do something like that. I don't know, man. It's just Tyron Lue. As of all the 30 coaches in basketball, he's got the hardest job at the moment. This 0-6 streak does not happen if he's had a full offseason like some of the other teams when they acquired their, their pieces. The 76ers yeah. are playing so well because they just went on the mindset that James might not play this year, so we got to orchestrate our offense with him not being here. The Clippers had a way they were playing the game through the first six games of the season, then they traded for one of the top 75 players of all time, according to voters, and now they got to reformulate everything. And it's not something that'll just happen like that. I didn't see them really as a team that can beat the Denver Nuggets in the seven game series. And I still don't feel that way. But they should be good enough to make a deep run. Just maybe not the run that we expect. 
somebody should be losing every game, right? Like we got they this year. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you know, Ty Lue told Bleacher Report, we put this up that this is this toughest challenge as a head coach is coaching this team and like coaching really good players isn't as easy as advertised because the guys who do it the easy way we ridicule them because all they doing is rolling the ball out there right like it's not that simple you gotta you gotta keep everybody happy you gotta put everybody in the same place and you gotta do all this on a team with your best players Kawhi Leonard which just you know comes with its own stuff but to be fair and I haven't watched enough of them. You've watched more, so you'd have a better handle. One thing we do know about Ty Lue is he takes this time of year and just throws stuff out there. Right? Like, yeah. he'll try this, try that, whatever it is. But I don't get the feeling that that's what's going on right now. Like, I don't get the feeling that he's just in mad scientist mode. He's out here in, what, 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 what you think we should do then? Right? Like, yeah. like he seems to be in that play. You tell me what, you, what the answer is. Right. No, it's, it's definitely that. I think that he's experimenting a decent amount in like the first half of games. And then the second half, it's like, okay, I got to go to what I believe is going to be the most effective version. So them closing out the last, I guess, three games with the same lineup is like something he hasn't experimented with. He hasn't changed up to see how Russell Westbrook will perform with the other guys in the last minute of the game, because at the end of the day, he's trying to win basketball games. And that's the time when you don't really have time to experiment. You can do it in the first half. We might be down by 12 or so, but 12 is nothing in the NBA at this point time so he has had one of the toughest jobs with everything considered and he, he made it a point to tell people that them as a team with Kawhi and Paul George were going to take the regular season more serious and that's the the positive all of this we've seen Kawhi play uh, almost every game and then Paul George play majority of these games as well we haven't seen the resting slash load management but now that they hooping they got to turn those L's into wins yeah now I want to ask you this this is broader we've been talking about specific teams and you you got your finger on the pulse of these things, I feel like, in a different way than I do. So help your boy out if you can. Do you, like, understand the in-season tournament? Because I don't really feel like I understand it. Yes and no. But you know what? It's not – I always tell people the in-season tournament is not for people like me because I'm going to be watching basketball regardless, you know. It's supposed to be this, this grab for the casual NBA fan. And it, a prime example, my pops, he's more of an NFL guy than an NBA guy. He mostly watches the big events, right? He'll watch the playoffs. He'll watch All-Star. But he keeps up with basketball through my content most of the time. He called me the other day to talk about the in-season tournament. Not, not necessarily about the basketball, but about the courts. But still, this is the earliest I've ever talked to him about basketball. So I don't think anybody really understands the way it goes unless you're playing it. And even some of the players don't even understand how it goes. But if the viewership is going up and people, the casual fan is more engaged, and I think it's an overall good win. Yo, I'm going to be honest. I was uh, traveling a couple of weeks ago, I guess the first week of the tournament. And I turned the game on and it was the Nuggets and somebody It may have been against the Mavericks, but I, it, it, you know, it was the, the, the court, you know, the crazy court was out there and I'm watching it. And I heard people talk so much about the court and how much they hate the court and all their ideas of what they think they should do instead of having the court. But I had to admit to myself, if nothing else, the court did let me know something's going on here. Right. Yeah. Like it let me know that there is something special that is supposed to be happening here. And there was a consistency to the way that the courts looked in all the things. And if nothing else, it let me know a thing was going on here. Mm -hmm. And then I'm listening to the broadcast and I'm watching the thing that's going on on this court that tells me that it's a thing. And I mean, I know these guys well enough to know they was told before they get out here, man, make this thing sound like a thing. And they in their <laughs> ear like, yo, energy, baby, energy, pep this up, right? This is the business that we in. And so this is almost like to me, like a study in marketing and human psychology that if they tell us a long over and over again that this is a thing and it looks like a thing. 
eventually mm-hmm. it will feel like a thing and then we'll go from sure. there like there was a thing about with airlines and giving people like gold status and platinum status and all of that stuff and what they basically just found was people like being able to say they had gold status like it ain't like you really get that much out of it people be out here to keep their platinum status taking flights that they don't even need just because they still want to feel like they platinum you know and so maybe this yeah. is it right like maybe in the end you say it enough and it happens over and over again. And then you get to a place where there is a trophy. And then once there is the trophy and people are in the game playing for the trophy, then they go play for it. Right. Like no matter yeah, what it happens yeah. to be, then they're going to go. And so all the smack that people like me have taught, what are the stakes? What makes this important? Everything else. It's like the Maui invitation to the college basketball. Right. You're really just doing it for a trip to Hawaii. But once you get to Hawaii, you would like to win the Maui Invitational. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I think the trophy part is is really a good point because we go rabbit for trophies, no matter the circumstances, mm-hmm. no matter the circumstances. I was just looking at your set and I see your trophy. I'm like, hey, I want to get one of those one day. You know what I'm saying? I'm just I'm just looking at it. So I can imagine them being playing in these situations. They get a free trip to Vegas. And of course, I think a half a million dollars per player, which for most players yeah. is probably not anything. But I, I, I mean, oh, I'm let me stop it. you right. Let me let, let me let me uh-huh. stop you right there, brother. For a lot of players, it ain't mm-hmm. nothing. But I don't want you to ever lose sight of this. This will help you understand the people that we watch very much so. Just because you make a lot of money don't mean you got a lot of money. And you never know who could use that quick little 500 Gs right now. You never know who got a little something they got to get right. And uh, 500 Gs would hit the spot. Like they said, they did some presentation in the locker room. They were showing all these dudes what you could buy with the extra $500,000. They ain't stupid. They know what they can get with $500,000. No, I feel that. Like, I feel that. Like, I feel that. Like, yeah. I'm. I'm guess I was more thinking about the people that we notoriously know as like investors oh, yeah. and the Bronze and the KDs of the world. But you know how cheap LeBron is. LeBron ain't walking <laughs> past no five hundred thousand dollars. Like LeBron, no, I don't know what it would take to get LeBron to leave his house for a five hundred thousand dollar business deal, right? Yeah. You put yeah. that 500 G's or put 500 G's on the table and break out a deck of cards. You see what about to happen. They about <laughs> to go. I guess they try. I mean, I don't know if they still doing the cards thing after, you know, bang, 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 bang with the, right, right, with, right. With the Wizards that one time. But you put, put 500 G's down on the table and say we play and go fish. It's going to be some fishing going. For sure. Just for you sure. <laughs> I think it's um it's interesting because I think part, part of the in-season tournament has to do with like uh, point differential and things like that. And I was watching very closely last night to the blowout specifically to see if coaches are going to keep their guys in. Because again, if you have a same record as somebody, your point differential matters more than anything. Or will we have the situation where, you know, the unspoken rule, you don't score on the last possession if the game is out of reach. Everybody was respectful. So maybe maybe these players don't really, or these coaches don't really recognize what's at stake because I would have kept my starters in. I would have told my guys to go keep scoring because it, it's, it might matter. You never know. It might matter. Well, let me ask this. Are the coaches getting the extra 500 Gs? Because I Ooh. feel like that might affect some of this strategy. Like, you like the players. <laughs> I don't know about this. Some of these coaches? 500 Gs? Yeah, no. Yeah, I wonder how how deep it goes. The coaching staff, the training staff. Some of these, you're going to yeah. get one extra game. What's my new paycheck? Because I'm, I'm coaching <laughs> 83 games instead of 82. I, I need some more money. That's right. That's right. Oh, yeah. No, that's that's real, by the way. Like, I assure you, agents have made those calls like, yo, so what's up yeah, on this yeah. uh, this, this this extra day on the clock, baby? He he in it for the love of the game. I'm not. 
I'm in this for something completely different. Let me get this buddy. I want to ask you one last thing before we get out of here, because I've been thinking about this. I may talk about this with Foxworth on Friday also, because he lives in D.C. So I always tell people, I'm 43 years old, and the Washington Wizards haven't won 50 games in my life. So obviously, they have not won 50 games in your life, but this unserious collection of characters that they seem to have down Mm -hmm. there could be the Mm -hmm. funniest NBA team since the last time the Wizards had an unserious collection of players, roughly 2011, when I thought they were going make John Wall quit basketball. Right. Yeah, no, it's not a team that I'm I'm breaking my neck to watch on a nightly basis, but I see the clips. I I see the clips <laughs> and uh <laughs> Jordan Poole and and with the Golden State Warriors had a green light because he was a part of the second unit. Somebody needs to play Steph Curry. That green light is like not only a green light, he can go 50 miles uh, faster than the speed limit. He's doing whatever he really wants. <laughs> and them blowing a 23-point lead in the fourth quarter to the Toronto Raptors, who haven't been able to score this season, is, is like the perfect way to explain their year so far. I don't know what they do about it. Yeah, that, that stat of them not winning 50 games is crazy because 50 games is, is kind of nothing nowadays. You know what I'm saying? That's You're barely mm-hmm. above 500 with 50 games in a lot of cases. So I don't I don't know the answer. But the highlights, I'm, I would tell people at home, do not watch Wizards. Go to Twitter when things are happening and you'll see everything you need to know. Bruh, think about it this way. Kyle Kuzma and Jordan Poole are supposed to be championship experience. Like they yeah. they supposed to be showing these cats what it takes to be a champion. And they like, I don't know what I know about being a champion. I mean, I mean, yes, I played for a champion. What I know about being a champion. Yeah, I forgot that they both have championships. That's kind of crazy. Yes. crazy. <laughs> <laughs> like Jordan, That's all Jordan Poole know about winning a championship is you meet a whole different caliber of woman after that. That's the only thing he <laughs> know about winning a championship. He was just on the team. And I mean, it's Wes Unsell Jr. I imagine Wes Unsell Sr. just want to jump up out the ground and just go choking people. Yeah, it's it's a it's a rough watch. I feel bad for Wizards fans, but once you become a fan of something, you can't put it down. So they're just hoping that in five years, when the rebuild is done, that they could get their fifty wins and maybe win a playoff series or something. I, I don't know. It's been a while. I mean, like I say, you you want this Bulls kick? At least you have seen fifty wins, right? Like you said, you're sitting on your yeah. daddy's knee for that championship, and you've been wondering what the big deal was for all them years since. But you know, I'm I'm a realist, right? I'm a realist with my fandom. I understand that we're bad and, and things like that i i don't look at it extremely optimistic so i'm never disappointed in the outcome of these things every game the bulls play i'm expecting them to lose so when they win i feel I. Right. and if they lose my day continues the same way as it was otherwise so i'm i'm not i'm not tripping about the bulls but we are in a very similar spot us and the wizards for sure i used to root for the hawks and then they traded dominique wilkins for danny manning and i was like clearly this is not the sort of operation that i need to support <laughs> like i just I, I i i got off that narcotic right then and there so you know i'm rooting for you big dog you don't attach yourself to a specific organization you just out here no as a, as nah, a okay I'm, I'm a basketball fan i'm a because word, i mean like word. i couldn't just go jump on another one you know what i mean like that didn't i feel that like. didn't necessarily feel right so now i just root for skinny people like when big vic and cheddar out there it's tough for me it's tough i gotta <laughs> right. i gotta pick a i gotta pick a bony side and like that's that's a little hard so i'm just out here for the tall and lanky shout out to my man john henson i ain't talked to him in a minute you know what i'm saying but he was holding it down for the squad for a very long time, man. But hey, that's Kenny Beecham. Check him out at Enjoy B-Ball on Twitter. Also, check out the Kenny Beecham podcast. You get that wherever you get your fine podcast. My man, I appreciate you coming on. Hope we can do this again. For sure. Whenever you need me, I'm here.
All right, man, I appreciate it. That is Kenny Beach. And now also our good friends, Prize Picks. Sean got prize picks for you, picks for prizes that you can go on prize picks and make happen. All right, Sean, what you got for the people today? Today, um, I will say sorry to all the audience members because the Monday night picks did not go through for me. Josh Allen did not. Don't apologize to them. They did it to themselves. All right, so we got four picks real quick. We got Jordan Poole, 16 and a half points. I'm taking more. (laughs) I'm taking more there because the green light is going to be green. Joel Embiid, 31 and a half points. I'm taking more because he's playing the Celtics. That's always a, a really tough, high-scoring matchup. Anthony Edwards, 27 and a half points against the Suns. I'm taking more there. He had a down night against the Warriors yesterday after the whole, you know, Draymond Green, Rudy Gobert fight. Um, and then you'll love this one. Rudy Gobert, 12 and a half points. I am taking less. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who are they playing against? They're playing the Suns. It's got to be less on Gobert. Yeah, yeah one, would, one would think. One, one would think. One would think. All right. Those are our picks from Prize Picks. And ladies and gentlemen, thanks so much for joining us here on The Right Time. We do this three times a week. That's Sean Yu. He handles everything behind the scenes. Thank you, sir. Also, remember, hit our voicemail line, 323-596-7767. That is 323-596-7767. Got anything you want to talk about, ask about, go ahead and join us there. Remember, follow The Right Time. Rate us, review us, give us five stars. You only give us four stars. I'm inclined to believe you are a hater. Also, please subscribe, like, hit those buttons. And we'll talk to you guys in a couple of days. Take it easy. 